This is Radio Free Galaxy. It's time to go. This is the Space Age, and we are here to go. Welcome to Radio Free Galaxy. I'm Travis Lee. I'm Teen Komar. And I'm moist. Adam is moist and ready, <laughs> and you all should be moist because it's episode 103, 103, Woo! not just 103, 103 of Radio Free Galaxy. That means we've done this 103 times and we've probably disappointed you 102 times. But just in case you've liked one of those episodes, you're listening again. And we appreciate that very much. Welcome to our new listeners that we acquired recently in Sweden and Greece. If you listen again, that would be a miracle. And we're very happy to have you. Hi, guys. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) to our friends in Greece, we'd like to say, Opa! Opa. Opa. And uh, yeah, we're, we're huge in the Mediterranean area. That's rad. <laughs> so we're doing. So they are they also moist? Um, if they jump in the Mediterranean, they're or the moist Indian and salty. And I'm also yeah. jealous. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, what are we going to talk about tonight? We are going to talk about Obi Wan Kenobi, Help which is Obi-Wan. streaming on Disney Plus. The first two episodes are out. We watched them. We're going to talk all about them. Uh, maybe not all about him, but like maybe like sixty percent about him. <laughs> we'll probably forget some stuff. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. We're not gonna like cover everything. I'd like to say we're gonna cover everything, but we're gonna like we're gonna give it. Our we're gonna all. give it like a solid like sixty percent B chance. I don't know. <laughs> we're tired today, and we're also gonna talk about the first two episodes of Stranger Things. This Stranger Things four is. All the episodes are really, really long. Um, we've only got to two through two episodes so far. So we're going to talk about those first two episodes, uh, just Christine and I. Trisha is not joining us this week. She played a show last night, and she's playing a show. Or no, she played a show like Saturday night, and she's playing a show tonight. So she's, she's got playing all the nights, so she's yeah. very tired. Yeah, she's got a lot of shows with her band Murder Generation. So if you see them around or see that they're playing, go check them out because uh, they're amazing. I mean, they're all right. Ooh, <laughs> they're great. They're great. Um, yeah, so we're kind of tired, so we're going to make the show a little short tonight. It is, in fact, Memorial Day. You'll be hearing this a few days later, but. 
it's Memorial Day, and we had a barbecue today. Just the three of us, actually, Adam, Christine, and I. Making me and my and, best uh, friend. We, didn't, we woke up this morning not even knowing what we were going to barbecue, and then me and Adam went to the grocery store at, like, 8, 8.30 this morning together. and yep. um, Totally didn't get what we were going for. No, we were going for nacho cheese. Adam <laughs> Adam wanted some nacho cheese hot dogs. Oh. Um, that We had them at a barbecue last week, actually, for Christine's birthday, among some other tubed meats. We also had uh, nacho cheese dogs for the kids, and they were actually kind Pretty of good. Pretty fucking fire, dude. Yeah, they remind they me delicious. of uh, Frankenweeners, or they, they were called something like that, Frankenweenies or whatever from the 80s, where they had chili stuffed in them. Yeah, yeah, those were a thing. I liked them, though. <laughs> but, um, they were kind of like that, and we were going to have them for the barbecue today. Unfortunately, they didn't have them, so we settled on three racks of ribs instead. Because they were fucking on sale for a pretty good price. Nice. Yeah, they were like two ninety nine a pound, so oh. we grabbed three racks of ribs, and we decided to make three different sauces. So we went with a traditional barbecue. Uh we did uh, open pit, right, Adam? Just yeah. regular open pit. Yeah. We did open so pit. Cool. Yep. We did a teriyaki slab, and we also did a curry slab. Yeah, uh, a coconut curry. So like, yeah. you kind of do have to, because not all curries are, you know, there's not not curry, not an Indian curry, more of a kind of Thai curry, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, masala style, I guess. I don't know. Nah. It had coconut in it. Yeah. Which and that so, isn't unique to Thailand, but I mean, yeah. Anyway, which one did you guys think turned oh, out man. best? Oh uh, man, so Christine. this is this is difficult because review the ribs. Oh, I cooked right. the ribs. Review the ribs. All right. So each one of them had their own flavor palette. So my favorite ended up being the curry, but the reason why is because it was tender and it wasn't too hot or like overspiced how some curries get. The second, the which was really hard because the teriyaki one had a most beautiful bark to it yeah. like it was like a melt in your mouth bark and but of course the good old classic barbecue is like you know a standard but honestly like it was hard to choose like they're almost like both in the first place for the teriyaki and the curry because i've never had a curry rib and i look forward to actually having more of those because they were just absolutely delicious right yeah i it was hard picking my favorite i think the ones that turned out the best cooked were the barbecue just because I finished them in the oven in a glass pan and they were allowed to like hold on to some of that moisture and the other ones I had to put on metal trays with just some tin foil on them to finish them after the grill and they they, they might have been a little drier but I mean it worked for especially like the teriyaki it was more of a like barky you know like caramelized you, caramelized situation mm. yeah it was kind of th- those were definitely meat candy and uh yeah, the curry ones turned out really good too. So, I mean, they were all fire. It's just the way it was. Dude, they were they were really fire. And you made some good cookies, Christine. I already had like two of them. Oh, excellent! Yeah, I made some kind of like chocolate chip thumbprint cookies, and like I make some with like fudge and ones with peanut butter in the middle, and they're actually pretty fantastic. Yeah. Yep. 
Anyway, so we're in kind of like a meat haze right now. Uh, what else we got? Well, Christine, you have a new development this week. Yes. You, you've got a new job. Yeah. <laughs> what a, a loser. You got a job. I, I know. I'm such a loser. Uh, this is kind of like a job that I've always kind of wanted. So I'm working for an estate sale company now where I help clean out the house. So basically what that means for me since I'm a reseller and I love like pop culture, pop culture archaeology. I get to have the VIP room of being able to see what there is, see if there's anything I would like as part of payment, and I also get cash money for doing it, and I, it's shh. super exciting. <laughs> I know. Shh. Harris, hopefully Harris. Oh, is yes, uh, it's kind of a cool job. I mean, if anybody doesn't know, Christine and I are full-time online resellers since the pandemic kicked us out of the workforce, and we decided not to go back. Um, yeah, and so the dream is to kind of like when if you enjoy the treasure hunt of being a reseller and the kind of stuff we do like pop culture items and vintage items and things like that, the dream is to kind of be able to work with those items more extensively and, you know, yeah, it's cool that you get to get a few of the items, but I mean the fact that somebody's paying you to do the thing that oh, you sure. do on a daily basis anyway. You well, know what and I mean? that's the thing. I love to get dirty. You tell me I can go in an attic or a basement and like kind of like fumble around through stuff that hasn't been opened in over forty years. I'm in. You also like I also love a lot of eclectic things. So I have a wide range of skills that I've picked up over the years where they come in handy for someone who is also trying to go through estate, but also for me as well, because, you know, when you're a seller, you you need to know what you're looking at. And we I seem to have a pretty good taste for it. Also pertaining to you this week, you put up some new designs on T Public. I sure did. These aren't particularly for Radio Free Galaxy. They're just your artwork for So Geek Girl. Um, you did a couple pictures, uh, drawings lately that were I really, did. really cool. And they are up on your T Public site. You want to plug that? I, I sure can. So I made several new designs, uh, basically of succubuses and of witches. You can check it out on my Facebook or my Instagram to see the full photos. But on T Public, T Public, and So Geek Girl, you can check out my designs. And I think as of right now, there's still like 12 hours where they are on sale, so you can actually get them for a really cool price. Well, this isn't coming out till four days from now. So. Well, I know, but I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> but the thing is with T Public. Like they're cool enough to actually sales have sales all the time, all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. but like I loved how they turned out. I actually ordered two because I, I ordered one. Yeah, like they're super cool. I mean, I got a succubus with a bunch of demon babies and a naked witch lady riding her huge cat Clementine across the moon. Like I love them, and I'll probably be doing more interesting designs for that and uh, Radio Free Galaxy in the near future for T Public. So check it out. Yeah, so that's spelled so geek girl one word S E W. G E E K girl spelled, you know, like a girl. Like regular girl. So geek girl. Yes. <laughs> so look her up on T Public and order one of those shirts. A lot of people said they ordered one already, but uh, we'll check those sales numbers and see if they're bullshitting or not. <laughs> see if you're full of baloney. <laughs> hmm, nobody ordered a 2X. It clearly wasn't you, buddy. <laughs> you said you ordered one. <laughs> Lies. Lies. Anyway, anything else we want to get to? Um, That's it. You want to promote anything else, Christine? No, I think You got anything I'm... else going on in your fucking life? I was going to say, I think I'm tuckered out of promoting. All right, cool.
So that's the rib story. That's the T public story. Let's take a break and we will get to a Star Wars story right after this. This episode of Radio Free Galaxy is brought to you by Mr. T's Knuckle Shoes. They're the only brass knuckle shoes on the market for when pitying a fool ain't quite enough. Mr. T's Knuckle Shoes. Get some. Alright, we're back on the show and we're talking Obi-Wan Kenobi episodes 1 and 2 streaming on Disney Plus right now. By the time you hear this, episode 3 will be out, but we'll be talking about that next week. Um, We are going to get into spoilers, but first of all, let's talk about overall impressions of the series so far, uh, episodes 1 and 2. I'll go first. Um, I didn't really want an Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Like, I, I always... If, if the option is to just kind of err on the side of, well, this is just a secret part of somebody's life, and let's just kind of imagine what they were doing at this point, it kind of makes it more fun sometimes in Star Wars. I know we, me and Adam talk about this all the time, and Christine too, that like sometimes it's better to not know everything about Star Wars, because lately since you know, the mouse bought it, we just get everything explained to us. Like, we have to know everything that happened in every point in everyone's life. And some of it we don't need. Some of it's just a little too much exposition and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, I I'm, I was okay with just not knowing what Obi-Wan Kenobi was doing in, you know, on Tatooine in the desert for that long. He was just watching over Luke. Like, that's... And getting old, you know, and <laughs> fu- fucking around with Jawas and shit, you know. Um, I was just happy to know that. But watching this series, and after being disappointed with Boba Fett and, you know, how underwhelmed I was with that, um, this was good so far. This is really good so far. This is, like, for me, this is really good Star Wars. Like, the feeling... There's a lot of um, childlike joy and wonder in it that makes me feel like the original trilogy and even a little bit of the prequels. There's a good blend of the the transition from the prequel era into the you know um, original sequel or original trilogy era, and. Um, I, I just love the feel so far of this show. Uh, it didn't have it doesn't have any of the really goofy stuff of the Mandalorian. Um, any of the silly things they did in these first two episodes actually worked. It, it worked like some of the silly stuff doesn't work in the Mandalorian. Uh, I I want to see the you know overall six episode arc before I give it a you know, like ranking in any of the Star Wars series or anything. But uh, so far, I'm super impressed. I'm super into it. Uh, and Ewan McGregor is just 
fucking killing it as always. So, Christine, what do you think of the first two episodes? Uh, Non-spoiler. Good old handsome Ewan McGregor. Okay, yeah. So just like you, I was already kind of dreading the idea of like, oh great, how is uh, the mouse going to butcher this? Are there going to be more Power Rangers or something else? But overall, like this show actually caught me off guard. I really, really like the entire feel. It feels like Star Wars. It feels like it belongs in the Star Wars universe. And I'm really hoping the next uh, four episodes deliver like these first two did because I'm already sold on it. Like I, I love the character development. I like how the story is actually tying together, even though we're starting out on Tatooine again. You know, that's yeah. just where the Star Wars universe will always yeah. be is just Tatooine, the one planet you're not supposed to know <laughs> about ever. <laughs> but like I, I like the entire feel. Like I like that there is not a lot of a uh, CGI. Mm-hmm. running around because that was my biggest I think complaints in the the three that they made with Ewan McGregor is that the CGI was so heavy and it just doesn't hold up like this this feels like they went back to the first three and just like decided that we're gonna make the like everything pretty much you know physical and tell a really good story yeah Adam what do you think um unlike you I wanted this yeah. um uh, especially because Solo was such a fucking fat turd, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, um, so there's a lot of retconning that the mouse does, and I wasn't really trepidatious about this because there isn't a lot of information on uh, Obi-Wan's dealings on Tatooine while right. uh, he's waiting for Luke to come of age. Um, I'm glad they brought uh, Uncle Lars back. Yeah. I'm not 100% sold on the casting overall. Right. Um, and uh, it's I think the thing to remember is is like this is a lot of exposition it's gonna be it's a fucking uh, I don't know it's not an origin story it's a fill in story you know so right. and you know we, we're gonna have stuff from the original trilogy we're gonna have stuff from uh, the prequel trilogy I, you know we get to see here and there some characters that we've met before who aren't doing their normal shtick. Um, I guess for non-spoiler comments. Um, yeah. It's... Overall, I enjoyed it, um, but I haven't looked to see what other episodes are directed by whom. Um, so far, the direction and everything has been pretty good. Uh, yeah, I... We, we opened up to more commentary. Yeah. I got more to say just yeah. because it's like, um, I think you and I are going to disagree on some shit. Okay, that's fine. So let's get into spoilers. Um, first of all, you were you were talking. I mean, it's not really a spoiler, but we are getting spoilers from here on out. Let's talk about the direction. So the first two episodes were directed by Deborah Chow, mm-hmm. and like, dude. <laughs> Can she just do all Star Wars yes. for a while? Like, are, are right. you serious? Like, Can she do this entire run? Because <laughs> I, I, I really hope that she's she's doing all the episodes. I mean, she might be because she's doing at least the first. She did the, at least the first two episodes, and mm-hmm. I mean, you could talk about the casting if you want. You can talk about uh, some of the exposition and whatever you else you want. But right. one thing you can't argue about is the fucking cast, or the direction. direction. It, no, the direction it, is, is dude, spot on. 
Dude, the direction spot on. The cinematography is cinematic. It, it looks like it belongs on a big screen. It's it's beautiful. The the feeling and tension, the way the tension is built, and the feeling, and and the way that um just scenes are set up, and and they're and they're just man, it's just so good, and like it has such a great feeling, and like. Even maybe a, a moment that I don't care about or a scene I don't care about is just so compelling. Um, I think one of the best scenes is when we flash back, was it in the first episode, to the downfall of the Jedi Temple in Order 66. Oh, just at the be Yeah, the opening opening of this fucking series yeah. is like... Um, I don't know. I'm actually kind of surprised they didn't have a, a more viscerally... Uh, more visceral uh thought on it but i mean it's just like i don't know i I am kind of all about the evil empire so yeah it's just kind of like yeah i the 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 scene with the younglings we see the younglings and uh they're being taught by a jedi and then you know some of the clone troopers come in uh five first right attack the they attack the temple with uh vader at that time and I think you can't show Vader in in this beginning. You know that he's there, but you can't show it because then it kind of ruins the reveal. It really overdoes it. Yeah, it overdoes it, and it ruins the reveal at the end of Episode 2. To, you know, we all know that Vader's still alive, but Obi-Wan doesn't. And to just right. not even mention him until the end of Episode 2, is that's better. I, I agree with that storytelling choice. You know, just show... We, we've seen you know, what kind of Anakin did in in the temple and everything, and at least seeing, you know, some of the stuff, like, let's see some of the other things that happened in the in the temple, and I, and I like that they did that, and just showing, like, <coughs> Mr. Skywalker, <coughs> what do we do? I'll yeah. tell you what we do, kid. And, um, so yeah, that, that scene in particular was really, really good. Um... God, there's there's so much to talk Dude. about. The okay, so like the Inquisitors, we Dude. gotta get to the Inquisitors. Okay, I didn't know how this was gonna turn out because the Inquisitors look kind of weird in in the animated series. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, they look kind of weird. You're like, how is this gonna translate to live action? And in my opinion, it fucking nailed it. It's not exactly like the c- animation, right? But it's its own interpretation. Of it, it and looks man, pretty good, dude. That Grand Inquisitor when he comes <sighs> off his ship is menacing, like yeah. just menacing. The the Grand Inquisitor is played by Rupert Friend, totally does his own interpretation of the Grand Inquisitor. I think it's he's fabulous, it really really works. good. What's that? It works. Yeah, it it, it does work. It, it it was believable. I mean, it didn't look awful. Um. We got Sung Kang is the fifth, fifth brother. brother. Dude, he was scary. He was he was intimidating and scary. And then we got to talk about Moses Ingram as Inquisitor Riva, uh, third sister. I don't know what you guys think of her. I fucking love her. I get I get the vibes from her of of when Kylo Ren is being what Kylo Ren is supposed to be. You know what I mean? When Kylo Ren is being the, you know, I 
putting quotation marks, but like the Sith Lord that he's supposed to be, uh, overly ambitious, you know, like wanting to prove himself to his master and just like will stab anybody in the back to like meet their goals. And like, I, I just love her. I, I think she's great. I think she's yeah. amazing. It, it, um, I like I, the writing. I don't like the execution. What do you mean in terms of the act, the portrayal or what? Um, the acting, the physical presence and everything. Yeah. It, it feels really forced. I don't know. I to me it feels really easy. She clearly has some kind of grudge against Obi Wan. I think that she portrays very naturally a lot of dark side tendencies. You know, in terms of like revenge, and um, right. But that's writing. That's not necessarily yeah. the acting. Right. I right. have no problem with the writing. It's just that I'm not. I'm being oversold. Is yeah. how I feel. Yeah. And she's, I, I could see. I that. haven't seen that actress in anything else, so I have no benchmark. Mm. I just so far don't like what she's done here. Okay. Well, I shouldn't say don't like. It's just not. It's not hitting for me. It's not hitting for it's, you. Yeah, it's just really not. What about um, you, Christine? Well, when it comes to a strong female, like you know, dark baddie, like I'm all for her. Like, seeing her come in, like, I like the idea that she's not exactly, like, she's a diamond in the rough right now. Like, she doesn't have the experience the other Inquisitors have. And, yeah, she's going to go out of her way to get what she wants to prove herself. Because I'm assuming she's trying to get Obi-Wan for Vader so she can get in favor with him. So, like, I think, like, yeah, she's rough and she's kind of like a blunt tool. But I actually like to see that for once in a female character because usually female characters are very polished or very serious, and I like to see a little bit of a chaotic edge to her. Yeah, and you know sometimes they can be written one note, and I yeah. think that she really has a lot of dimensions to her. I think she's really cool. Um, yeah, the I, character itself, I I'm totally on board with. Yeah, and it's just the the execution is where I'm not on board. Right. It's not not hitting for me, man. Just not doing it. That's okay. I'll I'll love her like twice for you. To, right, and it has like it's just, eh. Like maybe if they would have given a little bit on it, like here and there, like other, like, could be coming. Who knows? A little exposition because you know some of the quotes like she rolls up for me a gutter rat, and that's pretty much what she's gonna be. <laughs> I think she, I think her ambition. Like most Sith, is going to be her undoing. Yeah, um, but it, yeah, it, 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 it probably will. Because it's it's all well and good to want to please Vader, but once you scratch the dog's chin, um, the dog's going to want his chin scratched again and again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of course, and exactly. Failed me for the last time. <laughs> it's she's short sighted, but I like to see some like I like side. I like to see that I yeah, like yeah. to see that especially like, in a female yeah, character for Star Wars. And they're writing um, dark side, not necessarily Sith, really well. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, she is definitely displaying some Sith like uh, tendencies and uh, characteristics. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Hallmarks, you know. Oh yeah, which is I, well, really fucking good. Yeah, I maybe that's her ambition. You know what yeah. I mean? Is that she wants to move up and you be know, an apprentice. Be an apprentice of Darth Vader, yeah. and instead of being an Inquisitor, like I don't, I don't know. We'll we'll find out what her ambition is totally overall, but yeah, maybe she doesn't understand that there's always a master and an apprentice. 
there's no room for number three. Mm. Um, <laughs> maybe maybe she does understand that and she wants to help Vader, you know, get rid of the Emperor. So I don't know. It, it's I I like her a lot, but we'll judge it overall after we've seen everything. Yeah. Uh, some other characters we have to get to. We already said Ewan McGregor's killing it, right? Without a doubt, he's nailing he's the best. it. He, he's great. We don't have to talk about that that much. Now, let's talk about little Leia. Yes, I was hoping okay. you would get to this. Okay, I know, Adam, you have a little qualm with her that she's supposed to be 10. and The she actress doesn't, is 10. She, the actress the is 10. The problem is, is she looks like she's 6. Yeah, she does. But, uh, that's true. I'm not going to disagree with you on that. But, I think that <laughs> the way this little actress, uh, Vivian Lyra Blair... Is is playing little Leia, <laughs> little little, little Leia. Leia. Um, the way that she's playing Leia feels so Leia without being an imitation of Leia. Her the way she carries herself, and <laughs> when Obi Wan says to her, I think it's in Episode Two. He's like, "How old are you?" <laughs> right? <laughs> he says, "How old are you?" But her it it doesn't seem forced. Sometimes I, I hate a precocious kid in, in movies and TV shows as what a little shit boy or a little shit girl. I hate overly precocious kids. And she's but you not understand that she's never been off of Alderaan. So like, right. I mean, they established that right away. So like her reactions on uh, Daya, yeah. Dayu is like perfectly normal. when she's like, what's this? What's that? It's like, dude, yeah. You're gonna get us fucking killed, little girl. <laughs> yeah, but I I love her. A couple of the little um, dialogue breakdowns that she has are like so good. She has a couple monologues that are that she just absolutely dude, kills. She checks her cousin in. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, dude. Dude, dude. The whole the whole thing where you jump into like um the whole scene where she's getting dressed and it ends up being like, "Oh, we thought this was a joke and it wasn't her." Like the entire way from where little Leia started to be shot in Obi-Wan just made me smile. I was like, "Oh my god, I didn't even know I wanted a little Leia series with Lola, her little uh droid that follows around, but now I do." Like, I really like that. It's kind of like, you know, having, um, oh shoot, I can't think of her name from, uh, uh, the, well, the clone, not Clone Wars, um, what? uh, shoot, the, I'm blanking so bad right now. The last animated show we watched, uh, with, who? <laughs> I can't remember her name. We, like, Ooh, a Jedi inhibitor or? chip. I can't, I can't remember her name right now. Oh, Omega. Omega. Thank you. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, cool. So we kind of got an Omega show, but with Leia, and I really like this actress. Yeah, yeah, that was an overly precocious kid that worked, too. So, um... I don't know that I would want a, just this actress doing a young Leia. It just is like, here, let's do a Star Wars version of Punky Brewster. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I would kind of love that. I would so love that. The problem is, is that really kind of doesn't long-term work no you know? no of course it doesn't but well, i think people are going to call is... for it yeah <laughs> yeah you no know I, to them, dude, it, but... it felt a lot um her scenes felt a lot like the leia novel that came out uh was it about five years ago um right before uh 
What was it? Right before Rogue One came out or whatever? I, I can't remember. It was, um, it was right before, whatchamacallit came, or it was out before the fucking... The sequel trilogy? Yeah, yeah. I know that you were telling me about it, and it's just like yeah, it was a good book, and you got to learn a lot more about Leia's younger years. It mostly focused on her um, being in like the junior senate, uh, and so like a little bit older in her teenage years, but the feel of like Alderaan and a lot that was described in that book is very. Uh, reminiscent of what we got here, and and that's what I was talking about, like the childlike joy of Star Wars, of like, of like, it's it's supposed to be for kids and kind of like a kid empowerment kind of thing. Um, I got that feeling, yeah, that, that like good old Star Wars feeling in like her scenes, and I really appreciate that where we have kind of this adult story going on, but it still doesn't like miss the mark on you know like what star wars was originally about and about like people dreaming you know and and to try to be more and to see what you could accomplish but i i really liked her a lot um we could get to some minor characters okay flea shows up hell yeah flea shows up as a kidnapper uh it works so perfectly it did work flea already looks like he belongs in star wars or some kind just, of steampunk thing. No, like No makeup required. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's just down. That's just his regular wardrobe that I he wears like all the time. I need to be a, a good guy or at least neutral once. I mean, <laughs> just once, right? <laughs> right. Nah. Because he was like, he was in Point Break yeah. with Anthony Kiedis and, and yeah, in a drug house. And, yeah, thankfully. He's, kind of always that guy but you know right. what do what you do right and just be happy that flea is in star wars Hell yeah and alderaan is not far away right so well <laughs> <laughs> for now i mean he didn't make it to alderaan but i mean or well he did because he kidnapped her okay so we did get to alderaan flea got to alderaan well, yeah you know yeah, so he made it blew up. you know anyway uh that was really cool Benny Safdie as the other Jedi on the run in Tatooine. Benny Safdie is a director. Um, you might know him from uh, uh, that Adam Sandler movie. Precious, what is it? Precious Gemstones? or What, what the hell is that? The I movie? have um, no idea what you're well, talking about. He, he did Good Times uh, with... Um, uh, God damn. Damn it. Uncut Gems is what I was talking about, the Adam Sandler movie that came out a couple years ago, and Good Time with uh, Robert Pattinson. If you haven't seen, if you haven't seen Good Time with Robert Pattinson, and maybe you're not a Robert Pattinson fan, you should really check that it's out. It's really good. It is a really killer, killer movie. Uh, but yeah, Benny Safdie was um, him and his brother, the Safdie brothers, were directors on that. And he shows up as a Jedi in this. And we also got Kamel Nanjani. I love this guy. <laughs> is Haja Estri. Uh, it, it, Kamel Nanjani can either work really well in something or he can throw you way off. So, like, when he first showed up in here, I'm like, ooh, you, like, hold your breath, like, please don't overdo it. Because sometimes he can overdo that whole bit that he does. Mm -hmm. He kind of, like, always does the same kind of bit. Um, 
but it worked for me in this as that he's supposed to be a huckster. He's supposed to be a huckster, a trickster, a con man, a small time con man. And he's posing as a Jedi. And as that kind of character, that's like the perfect Kamal Nanjani character, you know, where like his little sarcastic quips and everything work in that kind of role. I enjoyed that very much. It looks like he's going to be in five episodes total, so I like that. Uh, Joel Edgerton back as Owen. Totally cool. Totally yeah. fine for what that's supposed to be. And, I mean, we can get into, like, Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith was friggin' great as uh, Bail Organa, and um, yeah, we, we got some other Jimmy people. Smith's. Yeah, he's, he's Jimmy yeah. Smith, and he's nailing that character. Uh, did I miss any other major characters, um... really? I don't think so. I think we got all the heavy hitters. I mean, like, overall, the show's so fantastic. Like, there's just parts where you're like, dude, that's great. Oh, my God, that's awesome. The the despair of Obi-Wan in these two episodes, the defeat, the defeat mm-hmm. in his eyes is what really makes it, though. The, the Ewan McGregor performance here that he's giving, um, there's a moment where they're on Dayu, where he scratches his beard and he looks exactly he looks exactly like Alec Guinness scratching like doing this kind of twirling and scratching of the beard at the same time thinking I was like oh my god that is so Obi-Wan and just seeing his struggle and what he's going through um he's been there for 10 years on Tatooine you know not using the force hiding uh he can't call up those powers like he used to it's not like that you know well he's out of practice too you know i'm throwing like it takes training and when you decide to lay low for 10 years you're kind of rusty but like uh one of the scenes that was like really excellent was in uh the second episode where he finds out that anakin is still alive and you can see like the run of like a million different emotions go through his psyche like oh my god and like, yeah, like I love you, McGregor, and he just sells it's it. It's his worst Obi. nightmare. Yeah, it's right? his worst nightmare. It's his man. worst nightmare. Even though he left Anakin alive, it's kind of his worst nightmare that he would actually live. He yes. left him alive, but he left him also to die. Yes. You know, and he just didn't necessarily want to, you know, give the killing stroke. You know, uh, for better or for worse. And it's going to come back to haunt him, that decision. It's been haunting him for 10 years now. That's all he has is nightmares. And now his nightmare is actually real. So it's like, oh, bleep. But sometimes that's the way of the Force. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Obi-Wan has to die in the original trilogy for everything to go like it should go. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he knows that at that point. That's why he just kind of lets himself go to... Right. And he even tells Rock Vader in that moment, like, yeah. you strike me down, I'll right. become more powerful than you could ever imagine. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, we're getting to, to see, like, the final evolution of Obi-Wan as a Jedi. Because you know from all of this, he eventually has to get in contact with Qui-Gon, which he hasn't done yet after 10 years, that that has to happen. I'm sure we're going to get some kind of communication between Force Ghost Yoda and, yeah. and Obi-Wan at some point. He's got to find some peace. He has to find some peace. No, so there wouldn't be any Force Ghost Yoda. It'd be Force Ghost Qui-Gon. Yoda's not dead. 
That wouldn't be too Oh, much. right, yeah. right. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Right. Yes, right. Like, I'm getting on my timeline. Yet. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> Not I, dead I, yet. It's been a long but day. But there has to be some communication between Yoda and Obi-Wan because, you know, he says, you know, Yoda says, while we're in, while we're um, hiding out, I'm going to, you know, uh, teach you how to do this. And he hasn't taught him yet in 10 years. So, I mean, that does have to happen, right? Well, Yoda does have, well, I mean, he's ancient and he's on Dagobah chilling out with swamp soup. So eventually he will probably get a hold of Obi-Wan through, you know, some mind melding stuff and... Hopefully that, I mean, we'll see if that happens in this One season. One of the, the, like, I guess, legacy moments that I really I, I enjoyed was the, um, the part where Obi-Wan's busy being a fucking child predator and watching Luke fucking on the farm. <laughs> yeah. um, it really kind of um, called, you know, called me back to when um, Yoda's talking to Luke and he's like, you know, talking, he's talking about Obi-Wan. He's like, but he's drawing the the comparison to Luke. It's like, you know, always with you know looking away, never on where he was, hmm? what he was supposed to be doing, and that's Luke in a nutshell. Because from a young age, what was he doing? He's sitting on like the part of the sand igloo, pretending he was a starship pilot. You know, right? And always looking to the stars. Yeah, never right. on where he was. Right. Yeah, that that's very true. That's yep. that's a good little nugget there. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, an, yeah. Another little nugget. I'm sure you appreciate it, Adam. Is when Obi Wan runs into the clone trooper on Dayu, and um, I was kind of hoping there would have been some recognition there. There might have been. I, there's there's this long pause. There's but, this long pause when they're looking at each other, and there does look like a moment of recognition in the troopers eyes and then it just looks like he doesn't care it just looks like right. it just fades away and like he doesn't care because clearly sadness and like in obi-wan is mm-hmm. mounting yeah he really didn't want to be there and you know when he was talking to bail organa he wasn't wrong man like dude you were charged to keep track of her not me that right. was your fucking uh problem right you know you right. volunteered to watch her you know, my wife has always wanted to have a have a child. Right. The girl will be safe with us. She will be loved. <laughs> but apparently, not kept safe from kidnappers. From getting took. Right. Right. And yeah. Allowed to talk shit. He's to right. Her. He's right. But I mean, you know, what's he gonna do? You know, what's he gonna do? Yeah. Right? No. One, yeah. He has no one else to turn to. He has no one sense. to turn to. He can't just call up the army of. You know. He, you he know, can't. Yeah. He can't get senatorial uh, protection services. No. No, because, oh, this child, yeah. well, is she registered? She's never left Alderaan. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, he, he kind of had to do it even though he didn't want to. And, and yeah, that scene with that uh, clone... And he is, from, you know, the markings on his uniform, or, you know, his suit, he's 501st, right? Uh, that he looked like a 501st clone trooper, so... I mean, he may or may not have been. If he was five hundred first, he would have still been with Vader at that point. But he's old. But he's old, man. They're he's all old. old, beat up but and out of shape. They're and... all old, and but the, that's just it. Like they with the accelerated growth. But he should have been. If he was five hundred first, he should have still been with, been with Anakin, because at that yeah. point they still were. Eh, you don't know what happened to him, but maybe. Well, whatever. old canon they were, but whatever the mouse decided to wipe their ass with again. Yeah, I know, right. 
So, I don't know. That was kind of a touching scene. And, and yeah, I think maybe he did. Because how would you not recognize Obi-Wan Kenobi even 10 years later? Like, I mean, he still looks almost exactly the same. And I mean... Oh, maybe that old clone trooper been hitting his place. <laughs> he <laughs> so looks like he nice. was, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it, I don't know, man. Is it's it's good it's really good it sets the atmosphere really good a lot of a lot of the feeling of this era of the empire this this uh where they have total control and and the feeling of these inquisitors it's very much that fascist uh when you see like the inquisitors like come to the middle of a town and you know they're threatening to cut off everybody's hands it's very much that Nazi comparison, you know what I mean? That totalitarian control. They're in complete control right now, you know? And it's just like they're just spreading fear and showing off and doing whatever they can. And it's a dark time. It's a dark, dark time. And this is a dark show. But they still manage to show these little moments of light and these little moments of hope in a very dark, dark galaxy. And that's what we all like really love about star wars you know is uh when against insurmountable odds we can overcome the things that um are troubling us that's just a good lesson in life so we're gonna keep watching obi-wan we'll keep talking about it for you know the next four weeks or whatever that it's on so let's take a break guys and we'll be back uh talking about stranger things at least two episodes of it we didn't get that far sorry (laughs) Uh, We'll be back right after this. This episode of Radio Free Galaxy is brought to you by KFC Mashed Potato Body Wash. It doesn't clean for shit, but boy does it taste good. Mm. Mm. I forgot my line. All right, Christine and I are back for one more segment. Adam took off because he hasn't watched Stranger Things since, like, the middle of season one. And Christine and I are up to date. Uh, Christine, overall on Stranger Things, I'm uh, the first season was just magical to me. It was wonderful. It was like my exact childhood. Like, that season uh playing Dungeons and Dragons and everything that went on and the, the music and everything I mean that was my childhood when I was that age in those years and so it really appealed to me in that nostalgia sense but then I mean it lived above that hype and really came through with a really great show I thought season two really took a step down it just wasn't very good season three was a lot of fun it, it came back um, and so far with season four, I'm right on board. What about yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. So I love not only kid empowerment movies, but I love them, <clears throat> excuse me, with a horror element to them. Now, if you're, I'm a big 80s head. I grew up in the 80s and the 90s. So the stuff that I like, something from like Castlevania, Monster Squad, or just some of the like, you know, um, Fright Night type stuff, but then done with kids. And the Duffer Brothers seriously understand what the 1980s looked like. Like, for whatever reason, they have nailed the look, the feel, and the kid actors, my God, I, I wish these kids would never grow up because, like, 
this is like the group of friends I had growing up as well with especially with like the D&D type of stuff and it's just like I love it and just like you season two was good the other two or the other one was like okay but season four they got me again and it totally has the Castlevania video game feel with new baddie and that's kind of actually what I was hoping for this series is not to just have one kind of phenomenon happen but multiple phenomenons kind of like a supernatural feel like oh this town has different types of curses or werewolves or vampires or what have you instead of just one thing and I'm getting this feeling from the new season and I cannot wait to watch or I can yeah wait ah sorry very tired right now had a really long day my words are getting slurred but overall I absolutely enjoy this new season we got two episodes down and four more to go because i think no no there's a total of nine episodes oh okay so we have plenty to go but like like the last two episodes are like over two hours they're gonna be like oh geez so but i want to savor this series but also like i want to gobble it because i'm greedy because i'm like oh this is not my favorite stuff num 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 like yeah i know Uh, look stranger things can be accused sometimes of just kind of being like a nostalgia injection for people in their 40s, uh, you know, for like maybe like Gen Xers and stuff like that. But you know what? I just love it. I, I, I love the actors. Um, I always get apprehensive when they introduce new characters that are going to be like main characters in like the group. Um, but they they did it again they nailed it again with some of the characters they've introduced this season so far um eddie is amazing eddie is fucking amazing dude every like a lot of people who grew up at this time knew this guy he's fucking awesome uh he is the dungeon master he is like the dave mustaine metallica type dude you know like balls to the walls awesome like he is your dungeon master and you abide by the rules he's your dungeon master he's your weed dealer he's your guitarist in your band like he's everything and i'm totally on board with him he's great uh i love the new hints of this new vecna villain that we're getting in the series yeah there's a lot of horror going on and a lot of throwbacks to a lot of cool horror movies in this um we're transitioning from a kid empowerment show going into one of my other favorite genres is like a high school coming of age coming of age kind yeah. of thing so we're transitioning into that and i love those kind of movies too and um argyle is amazing dude everyone had a friend everyone everyone had an argyle yes. in their group everyone like he was kind of like you know the quiet mellow surfer guy with long hair he he didn't even need to be in california but you had one of those guys Mm -hmm. like you had an argyle in your group but like i i love these guys so much but yeah between eddie and argyle like i'm so on board yeah they do have a tendency to overdo it in the show where like say you're at the roller rink uh and and the second episode and Everybody looks like they're kind of wearing an 80s costume. You know what I mean? Like, there's no, like, regular-looking kids. Yeah, except for Except for a couple of our main characters, which are actually, like, less 
flashily dressed than like everybody else that's roller skating around, which is uh, a, a nice contrast. But like you know, if you really grew up in the eighties, like there yeah, was some, some ugly. Clothes. Some people did, you know, dress really cool, like not some of the costumes in this. But not everybody. A lot of people just did wear jeans and a t-shirt. You know what I mean? Not everybody was wearing a really crazy outfit. Or like um, the outfits are fun to watch. Yes, and they, they it's cool. You know, it's it's very fun. Like, why does it have to be an exact replica of reality? You know, then it would be just boring. If we were just watching an exact replica of then why bother telling a story you know they're telling a story so make it look cool yeah you know like most people wore like kind of those moo dresses like l were wearing or yeah. they were wearing us uh, one of those big uh like sweatshirts with a kitty on it and stirrup pants that were usually ugly with a <laughs> right. pair of like really ugly those white girl shoes yeah those white girl shoes i can't <laughs> think of the name of them but like yeah. that's pretty much it but i like the idea if dude if you are going to make a series you want to make it look good you don't want to have a bunch of bland boring khaki you know flannel wearing dudes just running around in your show you could have a couple of them but it's not as fun it's like let's find the weird outfits and put it in there and i i don't know i like what they do they don't overdo it because like um for a contrast they tried to do that in the uh wonder woman second movie they made and they totally failed at it yeah so there's a right way of doing it and there's a wrong way of doing it. And the Duffer brothers seem to be on point with at least making like the houses feel like the eighties and the people that wear the clothing like Joyce, when she's wearing her clothing that I totally believe that her as a mom character from the eighties wearing what she wears. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a nice contrast. Like, like I said, um, that most of our main characters don't get too costumey except for maybe like character like Eddie or a character like Dustin, but Dustin is known for wearing quirky little stuff. You know what I mean? And and but like the rest of our characters kind of wear do wear like normal looking clothes, and it's the characters, the peripheral characters around them that look kind of like costumey and things like that. And I I kind of like that. You know, like go ahead. But also uh, to put onto that, this is in California in the '80s, and if you watched any California '80s movies, especially the big ones. The majority of the people in there actually dressed to the nines every day, no matter what. So that's right. kind of the California scene anyway. So that makes sense when you have a bunch of like rich kids in a school dressing up to like, you know, just like show their fashion status. And of course, you know, our little group of lovable losers are they're not. They're, I mean, they're D&D fans. They don't really know how to dress that well. But I like that because that feels natural to me. That feels I'm like, yeah, you know what, dude, you're what? 13 14 15 you don't exactly have that kind of fashion sense you're out you know being a dungeon master you know killing a vecna you know like you ain't got time to think of that and go ahead oh no i I, there's one extra thing i want to mention like one of my favorite characters so i i just want to get on costuming i need a hellfire club shirt like immediately yes i need one like fucking immediately i'm sure they will be on sale any minute but like i need a fucking hellfire club shirt uh, immediately and uh yeah i want one of those raglan mm-hmm. shirts with the black arms like the whole deal like i just i have to have one i'm such a huge fan i want to be in the hellfire club oh, god, god damn it anyway uh what were we gonna get oh to? um so i wanted to get to one of my favorite characters that they introduced yes. in this series now okay so the whole thing the whole kind of story that's going on right now with the group is that 
okay uh shoot i can't the boy that's playing basketball what was his name lucas Lucas. so lucas is now joining the basketball team and he's trying to get in good with the preps so he doesn't have time because he's got the big game the end game of the year to play and he can't go to the hellfire club to play D D. so you know uh dustin you know has to break it to you know eddie that hey we're not going to have anybody can we reschedule and of course eddie makes an entire scene about it and uh it ends out like you need to find a replacement so they're trying to find a replacement (laughs) like around the school and then they finally find someone because they decided to go to someone that wasn't in their grade and they find lucas's sister who has a character um let me see if i can remember what she said because she is super dope as a little uh little girl she has a um, chaotic good half orc um rogue level 14 that will come up and like you know stab you in the back and you have a small and horrible painful death i love this girl erica sinclair yes lucas's sister yes the fact that like she had her manuals and stuff she had a flag wrapped like tied around her neck she was ready to play and she proved it with this little line i'm like oh my god yes yes she's another one like we just talked about in obi-wan where i hate a precocious child and she is very precocious and it works for her character though again it really fucking works the uh actress is priya ferguson and she's just great she's even better than she was last season uh she's really really cool and uh, i love seeing how she just got in with the hellfire club and oh. she ended up rolling the crit 20 and fucking she, yeah. killing vecna and like the celebration and the celebration that happened at that point is like the joy that was in the first season of mm-hmm. stranger things that made you fall in love with the show is these kids doing kid things that we part of the nostalgia for the 80s and the 90s for us especially now and and why people our age reach back for it so hard is because we are in a very different time ever since like Columbine and 9-11 it's been a very different world that we live in it's not the same carefree world that we used to live in and and just to remember those there was a lot of terrible stuff going on in the 80s and 90s don't get me wrong but it was a simpler time and you could enjoy the simpler things in life and have these really great experiences with like friends and all kinds of things and D&D clubs and basketball games and i mean it's just that joy we want to reach back for people our age it's why some of us are stuck in like this arrested development is because we don't really want to live in this new world that we're in sure we enjoy the modern conveniences and the cell phones and the internet and all those things but man we had such a great time without any of those things with just getting together in an old dingy basement with our friends and playing D&D all fucking day long you know or playing nes all day long and just really having great experiences running around and pretending to be knights and cowboys and whatever just doing things when we were kids or pretending we were in star wars i just really feel bad for kids these days that aren't having those kind of carefree coming of age experiences with a group of loyal friends that will be your friends 
possibly for the rest of your life. And it's one of the things I love about Stranger Things. It's one of the things I love about my life because a lot of my friends have been my friends since we played Dungeons and Dragons together when we were 10, 11, 12, 13 years old. Um, and it's one of the things I think this show gets actually right. And so seeing them go back to that joy is is like so refreshing to me because they kind of got away from some of it in season two and three yeah. in in Stranger Things. So I'm really excited for the rest of the season. I know it's really long. I want to take my time with it and draw it out a little bit. So don't expect us to just like wrap this up like yeah. next week or the week after. I want to really enjoy this series, see where it goes and not just binge the shit out of it and like forget most of the things that I watch. There's a lot of care put into the show, a lot of care in the details and in the costuming and the direction and the soundtrack and setting up the scenes. And a lot of that would is going to be missed out on if you just binge it all in one or two days. And um, so, yeah... I love it, and I can't wait to watch more. Christine, do you have any other thoughts on the first two episodes? All I know of is, like, as long as I get to see some more Lady Applejack in the future, I'm all good. This show's got me. I mean, to just have a girl of color with her manuals and, like, her graph paper ready to throw down, like, that is not only so refreshing, but, dude, that is so true. I knew a lot of girls that actually did a bunch of D&D stuff, and it's like, I want to see where else this goes with it because it feels so natural. Yeah. So that's all I got to add to it because I just want to go back and see more. Right. I, I want to see more. Uh, it's great. So we're going to keep talking about it. We're just going to cut off here. We'll get more into the plot in future you know, episodes when we're talking about this. I just wanted to get it more into like overall impressions so far that we're having on it. So uh, we'll get into more of actually what's going on in the story and the curse and, and all of that stuff and break that down later on. But I think we're still too early into watching it mm-hmm. where we're just at the overall impression stage and we're liking it a lot. So good on Stranger Things for coming back strong for season four so far. And that's it for Radio Free Galaxy this week. I hope you enjoyed your Memorial Day. And we sure did. We had lots of ribs. Uh, Please remember to leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or on the Spotify app. You can leave us a star rating. Also, check out Christine's new t-shirt designs on TeePublic. Look for So Geek Girl, all one word, S-E-W-G-E-E-K-G-I-R-L. She's got some really cool designs that she just put up in there. I ordered one, and I'm... You know, I'm a living <laughs> partner, and I had to order my oh. own, and I did. Uh, but I suggest you check them out. There's some other designs she has on there, too, besides the couple that she just made. And we'll get her to make up some Radio Free Galaxy merch in the future. Oh, yeah. So I'm losing my voice, so let's cut it off there. Thank you for listening to episode 103 of Radio Free Galaxy. For Adam, Trisha, and Christine... We're out of here. Bye. Bye.